Hey, welcome to ACC Talk. <laughs> My name is Jarrell. Hey, we're live. I'm Rob. And that's Dave that's already said some things he probably shouldn't have said today. <laughs> oh, there's a very long moment of us just hanging out together. Yes. I, I warned you. <laughs> you did, I, and I behaved. I warned you. I was good. Okay. Dave. So, maybe. Not. My name is Dave. <laughs> I already introduced you. All righty. So Dave has thought about a really good idea. We want to talk about first cars today. What was your first car? Put it in the comments. Hey, I want to see a picture too. Yeah, like that'd be Google, good. Google that thing. I want to see a photo of what your first You car was. will get bonus points if you're in that picture. <laughs> right. I don't have a picture of me with my first car. I don't, I don't, I don't either. That was way before the cell phone days. <laughs> <laughs> that was for me. It was back like you actually put real film in the camera. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say in your car. <laughs> All righty. So what was yours? So what was your first car? Put it in the comments. Don't be lame. Comment. What was yours? Um, I'm pulling it up and I'm going to put it in the comments. But it was a 99 Camry. 99 gifted Camry. by my mother. Yeah, what a good mom. Can you put it in the comments? What Maybe. color was we'll, it? We'll find a way. Did you say gold? Uh, no, it wasn't gold. It was more like a like like a like a tan, like a dark sand tan, like a tan. Yeah. Tan. 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 We'll go with tan. <laughs> A, what was yours? A little Toyota, bit, a little Toyota bit darker, Tan. A little bit darker than this. Nice. How long did you have it for? Do you know this story? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this story, so. So I think I've said this on a few occasions. So my mom uh, gave me her 99 Camry. Uh, we got, Josie and I got married a few months later. I hydroplaned on the highway into the back of a semi. Oh, into the back it. of a semi? Oh. Told it. It was oh parked God. in the middle of the highway. So to be fair, the, se <laughs> it lit the, the semi hydroplaned too. And then I guess he was like, whatever. And so he, he literally put it in park and just stayed there. And so I'm hydroplaning what felt like for 30 minutes. That's what it felt like. And I'm just like honking. And I'm like, move. And he wouldn't. And then I'm just like, you know, you're slowing down. It wasn't like dramatic by any means. It was like, you're slowing down, you're slowing down, you're slowing down, but you know you're still going fast enough that you're going to hit it. And so, boom, hit it. They total it. And blessings <laughs> totaled 9000 bucks. We took a very small honeymoon, like... There was uh, to, people uh, that uh, was it South Carolina Myrtle Beach. Myrtle well, Beach. North is that North or South? We were in North Carolina right. first. Um, I think at like Crystal Beach, Josie. You could probably I don't. It, Crystal doesn't sound right. She's at the beach right now. She doesn't know. She is at the beach right now. But uh, we uh, after we were in that beach house for like a, a couple of days, we went down to Myrtle Beach and hung out and blah blah blah. So once we totaled the car, we upgraded. We bought cruise tickets and we went to the Caribbean <laughs> and it was fire. <laughs> and they walked anywhere else right. after that. So First. Tammy Tammy had a Mustang. Uh, Heather had a Chevy Beretta. Leslie Moore had a Dodge Shadow. Whitney jumped in. He was just here. You guys missed him. A 1967 Ford Mustang Fastback with a Shelby body kit. 
Was, nice. Why don't you I don't believe that. that. First of all, that's like <laughs> a that's a six digit car right now. I don't know if I believe him. And then Alan had a eighty one Toyota Corolla Tercel. Kelly had Alyssa. Kelly had a red Kia Rio. And Lenny had a seventy two gold Chevy Nova. Red Mustang, man, balling. What was yours, Dave? I had a sixty nine Buick Skylark four door. It was great. Someone had started restoring the car, so they had like sanded off all the rust and started to put primer on it, and then stopped. And then I bought so it. So it's just like primer gray. <laughs> so it was a mix. Oh, there man. were parts that were primer gray and parts that were hunter green. The uh, the brakes were not great, <laughs> which for a teenager was not the best uh, circumstances. Did you ride it hard? There were there were some moments where <laughs> took some pretty sharp turns, oh, going a little faster than I should have been, and uh, my brother blew the engine up. Mm. So that was great. That was last. If you're just joining us, put in the comments your very first car. Mine was a uh, I can't remember if it was an '86 or an '87 VW Fox. Foxy. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> when you first told me this, I was like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> like think of a Jetta and make it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> there was like the economical, like cheap way to go. And so much so that on the passenger side, you didn't have a side mirror. It was just on the driver's <laughs> side. Uh, you don't need that. You don't you don't need need it. It's overrated. <laughs> you don't need to see over there. And, uh, but no, it was pretty good. I had that until... I got my second vehicle, which we still have, the truck. Oh, the, tr- the, the, the truck Toyota, that will never die. The 92 Toyota. What's up with all these Mustangs, man? Mustangs, man, it's the dream. Shout Mustang out to my brother, John McGuire, who had a red Mustang convertible. Man. Sharon had a 92 Chevy Corsica. That was not the car she was driving when we started dating. So, so. she had another vehicle by college. So how long did you guys have your first cars? I had that till probably, I probably got it in like 92 from my, bought it off my dad. <laughs> and then... Uh, 92, wow. 92. Yeah, wow. I got it a little, while, a little while ago. And then I got the truck probably around... How long did you keep it? The car? Yeah. I kept it till I got the I bought the truck. Oh, okay. From my brother. I my car lasted for about it's like two years. four or five years I had that car. That's cool. Two years. And drove it everywhere. Mm. It was a pretty good car actually. Mm-hmm. It was pretty reliable. And then I got the Toyota pickup. Mm. But still, still have it. Still, still, still got it. it. Ninety two. <laughs> and so what is that? Uh mm. twenty eight years old, something mm. like that. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> How do you feel that you're older than the 28-year-old truck? Well, I know I'm older than the 28-year-old <laughs> truck. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, like I say, put your car in the comment, maybe even how long you had it. See if you can beat my three months. My mom had it for a very My mom paid it off. So it was a 99, but what year did you get it from your mom? Oh, 2006. So, nice car. Yeah. Nice. No, the, the plan was Josie had a car and I had a car and we were going back to college. And so we were like, we don't need two cars. Uh, we well, you took care of that. It's like we didn't want to carry the insurance <laughs> on it. So we were thinking, ah, oh, maybe we'll sell one. 
And I've, I don't know which one we would have picked because she had an Oldsmobile. And her car was super reliable, too. Toyota. But uh, the Lord made that choice for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> All right, cool. So today uh, we are kind of wrapping up um, our series where we were talking about big faith and a big mission, and um, and now we're just going to talk about a big God. And so uh, I know that especially in this time, uh, it can be really easy with all of the craziness going on in the world to wonder where God is. And if God is so big and God is so powerful, you know, why in the world, you know, does it feel like he is gone? You know, why does it feel like he is maybe asleep at the will? And so what we want to do today is we just want to kind of encourage you um, in the ways that we are seeing God move and and what we think, um, and we're not... We're not prophets, but what we think he's kind of up to. And so, um, Rob, how do you how do you kind of answer that? Um, where is God at? You know, if God's so big, where is he at in the midst of, you know, Corona, in the midst of unemployment, maybe sickness and, and fear and doubt? Where do you feel like? I think part uh, of what you got to do is you look at that. You got to address the piece of it's a little bit of human nature in this of when something's going wrong, we want to blame somebody. Um, and so I think my first challenge to anybody that wants to kind of say, well, where's God and why is he doing this? Why is he letting this happen? Is how quick are you when things are good to give God the credit? Because so often when things are good, we're going to take the credit for ourselves. And like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm making things happen. And so I think a lot of times maybe somebody that doesn't believe in God in these times, they say, see, it's a reason not to. But then they're also not giving God credit in the good time. And so I was like, I mean, I, I look at the whole situation, and I'm not sitting there in any way, shape, or form saying God's allowing this to happen, God made this happen, but God's definitely working. Uh, we live in a world where we have the freedom to choose. Uh, God says, you get to choose. Do you want to obey me or not obey me? Do it my way or not my way? And from pretty much almost day one, go back to Genesis chapter 3, the choice was made to do it our way, and at that yeah. point the world became broken. And uh, sin has consequences, and uh, again, that's not that God's just sitting there like rubbing his hands together, smiling about it. But because he allows us to have choice and the freedom to choose whether to accept him, not to have faith— we also get to choose what actions we take, and those actions, again, uh, have consequences. And so I think it's what we're experiencing is because we live in a broken world uh, because of sin. And But the hope we can have in a big God is the promise that it talks about that in all things God works together for the good, that it's really hard in the middle of something to see it. It's kind of like a photograph. You hold it close to your face. It's blurry. You get away from it. You might be able to see clearer the bigger picture of what it is. And so I think we just have to trust, and even as hard as that can be, when people lose jobs, uh, people get sick, even unfortunately people are dying, that God is still in control. Uh, This is a part of a broken world, but that we can trust that ultimately He is good. And we also, I think, the piece I would try to encourage people with is this time is so short compared to eternity. For sure. So, uh, Dave, uh, one of my favorite worship songs is Waymaker, and in that bridge is, even when I don't see it, you're working. Uh, Maybe when was a time that God showed up in a big way in your life that uh, maybe in the moment of the trial and the hardship that you were going through, you didn't didn't really notice it, uh, but you got a few weeks or months or years out that you noticed that like, man, God was big and he was working even when it seemed like he was silent. 
Well, uh, so we um, so we just had a baby in October, um, little Matilda. Uh, for the many people don't know that our road leading up to this child was not it was not easy. Um, we actually started trying to have another child a couple years before that, and we all of our other kids like we had had them right away, no problems, no uh, no concerns. Um, but along the way of us trying to have uh, our last child, we actually um, had a couple of miscarriages. It was really tough. And in the middle of it, um, you're just like, ah. Because we felt like God, the reason that we started trying again is I really felt like God had put another kid in our hearts. Mm. Like, that, like that our family wasn't done yet. And I can say that in the midst of that and for me, and they certainly hit my wife a lot harder than they hit me. But there's that side of it where you're in the middle of it and I'm trying to console my wife and trying to walk through this and trying to figure out how I'm supposed to feel and just like, where's God? Like, where are you at? Like, I felt like you were supposed to, you gave us this desire. You put this in our hearts. I don't believe it was just from me. Um, I don't think it was a bad burrito from Taco Bell the night before. Um, why is it, why is it not working out? Um, but now that we're on the other side and even Matilda, like when she first came out, like I'm standing in the delivery room and everything seems to be all right. And then all of a sudden it's not, and they are bringing doctors in and like nurses are freaking out. They're taking her away from me. They're putting her down, trying to work through all this stuff. And then all of a sudden we're going to the NICU and now on the other side of it, like we're outside of that and we're looking at everything and we're like, you know, this is, first of all, this was the place that we believe that God wanted us to have another kid. He wanted us to be settled, he wanted us to be in a place that we were going to be for a while. And I think he was just looking out for us. He's just providing a way, not that, not that the miscarriages were a part of his plan, but that he could see like the, like, it's kind of like Google Maps, like when you're drive, like when you're driving down the road, you can only see what's in front of you. But God has this like Google Maps view of our lives, where He can see it from the top, and He knows everything that's coming, and He sees everything that's going on. And so I, that's a, definitely a situation where I feel like God just really spoke to us that He's got it, and He's taking care of it, and He followed through. For sure. So I know this is gonna sound, especially to someone who says, maybe I'm not sure if I believe yet. And maybe you're just investigating and you're just, you're exploring what it looks like to have faith. And it might even just sound like a cop out. Uh, but the reality is, is um, God is doing things. His ways are so much higher. His thoughts are so much more loftier than our thoughts. And so uh, the reality is we have no idea behind the scenes what he's doing and, and what that requires for people that do believe is, is literal faith. And uh, I think the one thing that I see that God moving in this time, especially when it's like in the time of tragedy and the times of people losing their jobs and unable to pay their mortgage, uh, I think that this is one of the times that the church has been most alive. And you get to see the evidence of his, of his grace and his mercy and his love fleshed out through his people, like the church being who the church should be. And so... Um, in this time period, like I just love, love, I, I hate the tragedy that is happening. Um, but man, I feel like in these tragic moments, that's when I see 
the activity of God's people move so much more. And so anyways, with all that being said, uh, that, that's the thing that encourages me about how good and how faithful and how big God is, is that when there's a problem or an issue, uh, the church is there to step up and to help. And so um, I, I see the evidences of him, you know, in this time rather than the absence of him uh, when things are, things are going crazy. Yeah. And I've, I love that. Um, you know, we gave 150 bags of groceries to families, uh, last week, just an incredible, incredible gift, um, incredible thing to be a part of. And so thankful to see God's people just showing up and working and reaching out to their neighbors. And, um, even though church online is not my favorite, like I love just being in the room with people, and I think, I think God does so, honestly does something special yeah. in the room when we gather together as people. But uh, seeing friends that I have that um, may, I haven't seen in a long time, some of them are far from God, um, just jumping in to watch our streams. And you know, when you're watching our stream on Facebook, and some one of your friends starts watching Facebook, will let you know. And it's just really cool to see some of the people that are gear, getting to hear the gospel or hear God's uh, plan and vision for their life, even if it's just for a little bit um, throughout all of this. And that just it's a good reminder that even though it's not my favorite, even though it's not the way that I would choose, God is still working in the midst of it. For sure. So what we'd love for you guys right now, especially if um, you have seen God moving in your life, if you've seen a big God moving in your life, we'd love for you to put that in the comments. Uh, but we're going to wrap up just with some final thoughts. Um, Rob, if right now you are feeling afraid, you're feeling lonely, you're feeling like God is absent, what are some practical things that you can do, whether you, even if you're a Christian? Yeah, I think obviously it depends where your faith is. If you're a Christian, I think obviously you want to surround yourself with as much God. We talked about this a few weeks ago in the message of really that concept of like consuming, get as much of God as you can. So whether that's listening to worship music, uh, whether that's spending time reading, whether it's praying, whether it's even calling a friend that you know believes and saying, hey, can you pray for me or can we just talk, whether it's over the phone, whether it's FaceTime, whether it's even, you know, I love seeing the folks that are out like social distancing, they pull up in a parking lot or in driveways out on lawn chairs six feet apart i mean we're made to be in those type of relationships and so i think obviously the ultimate relationship with is with the lord and so really seek out any of those i think if you're somebody that's you're not sure if you haven't come to that conclusion that you think god is real um i think you know you have an incredible opportunity right now to really experience church in a very non-threatening way uh church being online a lot of places had that already but now it's very intentional especially like how we do it we're trying to be very intentional when it comes to that that you can you can watch. You don't even have to watch Sunday. You could watch today, you know, and go back and watch. And I think that's an incredible chance that maybe God's just opening doors, you know, in this situation that you would be able to find that. That if you have you got questions, that's a great place to be. Uh, I think God loves it when we have questions. And uh, even like the message this week, we looked at uh, Gideon, and he's, he's kind of questioning God, like really. And I just it's not like God like slaps us around when we have a question. He's patient and the. And he, he just kind of walks you through that. And so I think, you know, I think you just got to be willing to be vulnerable to say, all right, God, I'm, I'm listening. And so whether it's online church, maybe it is picking up a Bible, even in that spot and reading, starting the Gospel of John, a great place to start. Uh, but I think we got to sometimes, we got to take some steps towards God. He's right there. We just got to open up. Cool. Dave? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. Consuming God, like just believing it. And there's, it goes back to the theme, like God's a big God. And so we need to find the things that we need to do to remind ourselves that God's big, mm-hmm. that he's in control and that he's got this. Because I think, and it's, it's really what I talked about in my message this past weekend, where um, when we, we, when we let fear control us, we are, um, we're forgetting how big our God actually is mm-hmm. and that he's probably already gotten there before us and already started to prepare the way for, before us before we can even see it. And so we just need to find those ways that remind us of who God is and allow us to see things as they really are. I think worship is a huge mm. part of that, just spending time. And, and more than just worship, just spending time with God because that's the best way that we get to know people. It's by spending time with them, mm-hmm. talking to them. And I think that's what we need to do. That's we cool. Spend time with God. Yeah, I would say for me, especially if you're already a Christian, you've given your life to the Lord. Man, I think it's so easy in isolation to focus on what you're going through. And um, I believe 100% with what you're going through is bad. Um, but if we dwell on those moments, man, it just feels like, you know, anxiety and and loneliness, they just multiply when we focus on it. And so if you're already a Christian, I mean, I would just encourage you um, in whatever way that you're able to get outside of your particular problem or, or your stress and to try to help a neighbor or or when the church does something like the food drive to, to help and be a part of that, man, that can in so many ways you know, take your mind off of, you know, what you're going through and it helps someone else. Um, And obviously always to the ability that you're able to, you know, especially if you're laid off from your job and your mortgage is due, we're not saying do more, but we are saying definitely, you know, um, sometimes it helps to not focus on your problems and try to help other people with their problems. And then I would say if you're a non-believer, yeah, absolutely. um, Take this time to figure out for yourself internally you know, um, is this real? Is it fake? Uh, do your research, read your Bible, talk to your Christian friends. Um, and in this seek out God, and I believe that you'll find him. All right. I think it's good. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us for ACC talk this week. Uh, join us on Sunday. We will be doing communion. So make sure you uh, get some elements ready for that. Also, uh, tune in a little bit early. So we're going to be sending out an email about this, but we have something for your kids pre-service. Yeah. And yeah. so if you have kids, make sure you're jumping on about 15 minutes before we start service and we have a special service just for them. It's going to be good. Very cool. All right. Well, you guys have a great day and we will see you guys later. Is he going to turn it off from the phone? Ba-na-na, Is that how this ba-na-na. works? Shut down. Copyright. Copyright.